Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and every one of you, wherever you are listening in this world, thank you so much for being here on another session of Sunday Mornings with me, C. Maria, a.k.a. the Mediator and Shiro, right here at our Ground Zero. Special shout out to my friends from the UK. They were in the show chat room early this morning, 
Welcome, welcome, Cole and Simon. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, Brother Gene has just popped in as well. Good morning to those of you who are over in our call query. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm saying it multiple times. Why? Because I want, you know, repetition is the greatest teacher. What we hear, what we feel, what it's what we become. So I want to say good, 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 good morning to each and every one of you. No matter what setback, pit stops, or downfalls you experienced yesterday and beyond, that is in the past. We need to start each and every week on a positive note, even when we do not want to. So good, 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 good morning to each and every one of you. As I posted over on social media from the UK to the USA, we are here this morning. We're ready to get started. For those of you who may be new, after I do our greetings and salutations, we'll go into something called our stress relief and release segment. I do require you to be in a lying or seated position because our eyes are closed for our breathing exercises. And if for some reason you either lose the chat room or you lose sound or we have technical difficulties, um, try to refresh your chat room, call back in if you need to. And if it's on my end, if it's something going on with BTR, prayerfully it won't be, but there are moments when I give you silence. Those are the moments that I give you to reflect upon what has been discussed so that you can decide where to apply these lessons in your lives. And of course, if you know our programs can help others, please share, share, share away. So hello to all of you wherever you are listening in this world and to those of you who will be listening to us through the various players throughout the internet on the replay. Thank you as well, because you are a large, large part of our listening audience as well. So again, while we get situated for stress relief and release exercises, as always, I start off with our salutations, greetings, and a shout-out to the countries, provinces, states that had the highest listenership for the week prior. So we're going to jump right into that as well. So a special thank you. I almost said shank you. Oh my. But um, special thank you to the United States of America, Spain, the United Kingdom, Cambodia, Kuwait, Thailand, China, Russia, Italy, Brazil, and Argentina, and all of the provinces throughout the world. These are just those that had the highest listenership for last week. So again, the United States of America, Spain, the United Kingdom, Cambodia, Kuwait, Thailand, China, Russia, Italy, Brazil, and Argentina. Special shout outs to you. And of course, here in the States, special shout out to New York, Maryland, Georgia, D.C., Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, Arizona, Washington State, Oregon, California, and Ohio. That's New York, Maryland, Georgia, D.C., Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, 
Arizona, Washington State, Oregon, California, and Ohio. And a special thank you to all of the states, as always. So now we're about to go into our stress relief and release segment for this week. Again, you must be in a lying or seated position. This is our disclaimer. If you don't follow my instructions and you fall down, lose your balance, get hurt, end up in the hospital, broken rib, broken eye, broken everything, it is on you, not on us, because you have been forewarned several times that you need to be in a lying or seated position. So for this, eyes closed, we do our breathing exercises every week so that we can simply exhale. And exhaling, by exhaling, we are releasing all of the stress, all of the burdens, all of the heartaches, all of the disappointments from the weeks prior. Weeks, years, months, days, decades, centuries in some cases. So I want you all to understand this. I, in my journeys, I have met centurions who actually have been holding things for their entire lives. Can you only imagine what that must be like to find someone in 2017, 2018, who you are comfortable enough to share your burdens with and be free? An entire life, 100 plus years of carrying around burdens. It's just too much, people. I don't want to do that. And I know that so many people out there just waiting for the right person or persons to come along to help them to exhale. So this is just one way of doing it. If you need to cry during our sessions, feel free to do that because tears have healing power as well. Because you see the tears, they guide all of that heartache and pain from inside of our bodies out as they roll down our cheeks and away from our lives. That's the beauty of water, the beauty of tears as well. So there is no shame, female or male, in showing your vulnerable sides and letting go of everything that has been holding you back and weighing you down. So we're going to start our music again. I'm going to turn it down a couple notches for you. Lying or seated positions. So let's begin. After we do this together a few times, I'm going to go into the show, but I want you to continue your breathing exercises throughout the program, throughout the program without the exception of my diehard students who like to take their notes when we are live. If you miss anything, of course, and you want to take notes, come back and listen to the replay. It should be up a few moments after the show ends. So lying or seated position, eyes closed. Let's get ready to let it all go. Let's inhale. Now exhale slowly. Inhale. Now exhale slowly. Let it go, people. Let it go. It is not doing anything but consuming and tearing you down. Because believe you me, if there were people who caused your heartache and pain, they have moved on to someone else and in many cases could care less about what's going on with you. So do not give them power they do, they do not deserve. They don't deserve it. They do not deserve it. So stop giving them the power. Stop giving them your life essence. Stop giving them your time. 
Stop giving them your attention. Let it go. Let's inhale. Now exhale. One more time with me and then I'll go into our program. Inhale. Now exhale slowly. Continue your breathing. So today's session is all about those seasonal people that we keep around past their expiration date. Let me say that again. Today's program is about those seasonal people that we keep around past their expiration date. Everything in life has an expiration date from humans to plants. This earth, at some point, things will change. The world as we know it will expire and things will change. It's already one of our silent moments. But for this, a continuance of our Remembering Your Worth series for this year, our 2018, I have a question for you. Why do so many people give so much power to seasonal people with hopes of lifetime expectations. Let me ask that question again. Why do so many people give so much power to seasonal people with hopes of lifetime expectations? This week's discussion is about those high expectations out of low people. Why do we give such high expectations to low people? People who do not have our best interests at heart, they only want what they can get, then they are gone. Some don't even want anything past making you miserable, just as miserable as they are. These people are seasonal indeed, people. So today we're going to talk about hopefully what will become a lifelong lesson in knowing when to let go. So get ready to say bye-bye to the bad baggage. So I'm going to go over here for a while. I'll be sitting with the members in our chat room um, so that you can, I can see your responses as they come. And we've already started the discussion. Cole says, I find they do that because of love. Love of someone makes you throw logic and reason out the window, and it makes you stupid. That's why I keep people at a distance. Well, you know, Colt, let me say this. Um, there are people, as you all know if you've been following my story all this time, there are people who basically I had to let go of almost my entire family. And again, I'm at a crossroads uh, with a situation um, that recently happened because I have been robbed of so many things in, in, in this lifetime because of families. And now I fear that I may be on the outs again. And that is where I am right now. And these are situations dealing with people who I do love and who I do care for. 
Um, there are some people that I could never say, and I, I'm to that point now before the year is out, we're getting to that point where we're starting to speak more freely because the more that we speak our truths, the more that we are able to lift these weights off of us so that we can move forward. And when you're talking about family in specific, Right now I'm speaking about family. So many of us, as Cole said, because we love these people unconditionally, and they continually hurt us. I have been hurt by the same family members my entire life. It wasn't until somewhere around from 2014 to this day that I started to make my distance and then exodus from them. I have a mother I can't tell anybody in this world. I cannot bring my lips to say that I love her in any form. I'm sorry, I can't do it. And to see so many of the, the, the alleged family members who attempt to incorporate me into their, their praise of her, when nobody wanted to hear that she was an abuser to me, she was abusive to me, nobody cared because she didn't appear that way to them, so I must be lying. It's no different than the the situation going on with the Supreme Court justice. I usually don't get into this, but this is a perfect example. I had a woman the other day. She, I, I put up a, a picture, and it was his different facial expressions throughout his um, this um, when they were questioning him about the alleged acts that he did when he was in school. And um, to me, my question was, Look at these facial expressions. Is this the person who has the control and the tenacity to be a Supreme Court justice? So one of my followers, not even a friend, she wrote back and said, are you an idiot? And I said, please explain. And she wrote back and she said, there's no proof. And he's been through hell. He's innocent. And I said, okay. I didn't even get into it because one thing I do not do is that if there are people on one side who, who love the um, current administration, there's nothing anybody can do to change their thought process. There's nothing that anybody can do to change their thought process. The same way with everyday life, with families, there's nothing that I could say or do to make this family believe that my mother is not the person who they perceive her to be. They recently, back in June, had a birthday celebration for her. And then they felt the need to talk about it and post pictures. And I knew that at least one cousin, she was doing that in hopes that I would see it. And what she tried to do was to antagonize me. You didn't show up. You were the only one who didn't show up. Why would a child who grew up to be an adult, who was still in the midst of this same type of abuse, go out and watch everybody give false praises? to a cosmetic Christian and someone who's the salt of the earth in their opinion, but who can also be salt in one's wounds. They have no idea how badly she's spoken about them. And when she doesn't get her way with their concern, she doesn't tell them about it. She would take out her frustrations on me. She never should have had me. She should have stuck with her firstborn child, my brother, her son, and been done with it. But because this was a power play for her to try to get a man back who did not love her, who did not want her. She was left with another child that she never wanted. 
child that was just a pawn in her sick, twisted game in order to win a man back, who was already married, by the way. And he and his wife had just given birth to their first child, the December before the year that I was born in September. But this is the type of ruthlessness that is within this woman. So when you talk about seasonal people, imagine having an entire family of seasonal people. Imagine having an entire group of people that you have known since the day you took your first breath in this world who forsaken you, who left you out in the cold, who just might as well say, you're lying, I can't believe this because she's the best, she's the greatest, she's wonderful. So this year, by the end of the year, more of the so-called DNA strand will be gone. Seasonal people, as Cole said, the people that you love, they could be family. They could be your significant other. They could be a husband, a wife, a sister, a brother. Best friends who tend to do the darndest things. Never, ever think that in your mind you can change this person to be the person who you envision them being because you love them so much you want them around for the rest of your lives. Seasonal people are just that. They are seasonal people, just as other people come into our lives to be lessons learned. They are not meant to be anything but those lessons. They are not meant to be there for anything more than a season. They are not meant to be in our space for the rest of our lives. That silent point, I need you all to understand. I need you all to understand. They're seasonal for a reason. Every season comes to an end. This fall is not last year's fall or the year before's fall. Yes, seasons come in a rotation, but none of them are the same. Friends will come and go 
So don't hold on to people who need to be gone. Do not hold on to people who need to be gone. Do not hold on to people who need to be gone. You have so many bad people in your life. There's no room for the good people in your life. And when they show up, you don't trust them. Good morning, Vorpal. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us in our show chat room. Today is all about seasonal people who we hold in highest regard by appointing them lifetime expectations. We need to stop doing this. We can do better. And one thing, and Cole, you made such a good point at the beginning of our program. People do this because we love people who do not love, honor, and respect us in return. We are not getting the same things back that we are putting out from these people. These people are energy vampires. These people will suck the very life essence from you. And because society says family is supposed to stick together, but I, I don't know, some of you may recall maybe two months ago or so, I did a show because someone uh, had talked, had spoken about um, on social media about walking away from um, dysfunctional parents and this and that. And here comes someone with the Bible trying to tell us what the Bible says and blah, 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 blah. And naturally, you know me. What do I do? I go a step further. And I went out and I said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. It also talks about when parents forsake you. And how God will take you in. If you believe, God will take you in. I call it the great I am or the universe or whatever it is. Because as much as we want to believe that we exist just to be existing, there has to be something that's higher than us somewhere. Never be so into our own beliefs that we are the best, the top of the food chain. Every time a hurricane comes, every time some other catastrophe comes should let us know that if we were that far up and we were in that much control, we would be able to control all of this. None of this would happen. Well, Paul writes, what happens when you are surrounded by seasonal people and there are no long-term relationships? They're seasonal. They're seasonal. In this case, let me say this. They are seasonal, which means you can keep them in their place and time, but you have to prioritize which ones you need to let go of so that you can make space for someone who's a lifetime. If that's where you are, someone who is that lifetime individual, someone who's going to be there for the long haul, for the good times and the bad, You have to know they're seasonal. Again, you're surrounded by seasonal people. You can be surrounded. We're all surrounded by them, but what we don't have to do is to let those people, let them stay on the outer circle. Don't let them penetrate and infiltrate our inner circle. We need to understand this little concept, and we will be so much happier if we learn how to let them stay on the outside, my entire DNA strand or alleged DNA strand on my mother's side 
Because if you all follow me, you know that I have said before, she claims that granddad wasn't granddad. And when she went to get her birth certificate, some other woman's name was on there, which she refuses to divulge. And she had the name erased from her birth certificate. So I don't know who these people are. And since I've never had a connection and could never understand why people would believe such craziness, maybe I'm not kin to anybody on her side. The only one that I'm pretty sure that possibly and I'm not so sure about that, is that maybe she's my mother. Who knows back then? Switching babies was easy, and nobody really cared. So the bottom line is simple. I don't know if I'm kidding these people at all, so guess what they have become? Seasonal. They've been in my life for too many seasons, for way too many seasons. For 55 of them, for 53, 54, when I started kicking them out. So let me say this, you determine when you're going to allow those seasonal people in and for how long. Seasons only last for a few months at a time. So why are we keeping people in our lives who are seasonal? Just like the leaves fall from the trees, these people need to fall on up out of your life. Jean writes, some people may be attracted to the familiar. That's another issue. We don't like to go outside of our comfort zone. If you've been mistreated by your parents, when you see it in someone, you may become attracted to them because their vibe is so familiar and comfortable to you. Jean continues to say some people take comfort in the familiar, no matter how bad. And Cole writes, why do you even need a partner? A man doesn't need a, a a man doesn't need a woman, and a woman doesn't need a man. Both are strong enough to do so. But I say this: I want you all to understand this. I believe that we were meant to be with somebody in this world. Nobody's meant to be, trust me, because of the life that I had to grow up in and live and lead. I want to say this to you all. Because of that life, I love being alone. But there are moments when I can walk in the doors of my home and I can feel and hear the silence. There are those times when I just want to run away and jump up and and get with 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 friends and do what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is just to have a good time, laugh and talk. And then there are other times when hanging out with the girlfriends, there it's okay. It's okay, but there are times when me as a woman, I want to have a cerebral conversation with a male or even to have someone in our lives who can make us feel safe, can make us feel loved and appreciated and wanted and respected. Some of us may never get that. And then some of us in this world, and this is a show for another day, and I've spoken about this before. Now, some of us, I need you to hear me when I say this, some of us, 
we I'm trying to figure out how I want to say it. Well, anyway, we'll come back to that because I really do want to say that. Well, Gene goes on to say, oh, well, Paul says, the devil you know. And, well, Paul, not sure what you were reading. Have you ever read L. Ron Hubbard's Dialectics? Um, anybody ever read that one? I know the name, but not the book. And Jean goes on to say, no, you don't need a partner, but when you have low self-worth, low self-worth and I'll add, or no self-worth, you feel the need to have anyone. Notice not just someone, but anyone. There's a difference between someone and anyone in your life that you feel will make your life better. Most times these people will cause you misery, but because you feel the need to have someone for the sake of having someone, you're willing to accept whatever that person gives you in the name of love. And again, that goes right back to seasonal people with lifetime expectations. Well, Paul writes, I have divided the entire world into seasonal people and long-term people. What happens now? Do the two armies fight? No. You know what? The two armies don't fight, and you know why? Because you are in total control. People are either good or bad, and there's nothing in between, friends or foes. Well, you don't want to have those um, infamous people who are wishy-washy because they'll be your friend and and telling you that they're going to support you in one minute, and then in the next minute... They're going to be the same people who are there with your enemies telling them, man, he's going to do. Then come back and you say, yeah, I'm behind you 100%. But the minute that it hits the fan, all of a sudden, you know how you start calling the friends and they won't pick up the phone? And they don't return your calls. They don't return your your voice messages and all of that. Cole writes, I believe it's best not to have a partner, but I understand we all have needs. So now and then, satisfy those needs. Have a one-night stand now and then. Have a long chat with people at the bar, etc. A proper relationship is most likely to be bad. Let me say this, and Cole, you touched on another good point, and I'm going to try to go down this as you all are writing them. It is good. I think that people need to understand, because so many of us, we go running out. And maybe this was the point I was trying to make earlier. We go running out, okay? Are you listening to me? We go running out looking for love in too many faces and all the wrong places. You know, when, when online dating was the hot ticket item, there were people who were getting killed. There were people who were uh, getting pregnant and going out and doing this and that. And I've done many a shows about this because I used to love online dating because it opened up the world to me to get other people 
to meet people who I would not have been able to meet otherwise. And I had some great relationships. Really, I did. I had some bad ones and some great ones. But this is the kicker in all of this. So you go out looking for these people. And on the first date, you're talking about, let's go back to your place, my place, do whatever place. And this is where the problem starts. Like Cole said, go out, have a date. The dates don't lead to betting someone. Dates don't lead to spending the night. Dates should be just that, good cerebral conversation, good meal, good conversation, good music, wherever you are, and then you go home. But so many people don't want to do that because, again, a date is just that. It's a seasonal thing. It may lead to something or it may not. So if that's the case, then... What you need to do is let that season happen on that one date, and then you move on. If they call you back, if things are that great, and you move on to something else, wonderful. Well, Paul writes, won't pick up the phone, the silent treatment. They turn off the lights when you knock on their door. Well, I do that. As a matter of fact, I tell people, don't even waste your time because I'm so bold. I'll turn on the light and then turn it off and still not open the door because if I'm not expecting you're invited, you don't come. Um, There might be a subliminal message in there, LOL, (laughs) you think. But the, the kicker is, just like everything else, I always speak about the fact that so many people, you can talk about them straight up in their face and they will never realize that you're talking about them. They'll think that it's all about someone else because a lot of people have high regards for themselves. A lot of the users have high regards about themselves. Jean writes, I'm happily single, but when you have a lot of issues of your own, then any relationship will be a bad relationship because you aren't equipped to make a relationship work. Most times the people with all the issues won't even recognize that they have the issues and will blame everyone but themselves, they will never have a lasting relationship. And that's another issue. When you know that you have issues, you need to stop. Take that back step and work on you because it doesn't matter what relationship you get into, seasonal lessons or or lifetimes, they are bound to have roadblocks, pit stops, And detours. Why? Because you were not ready for that relationship. You just weren't ready. So many people jump out of one thing into another, into another. I have had so many of my female associates, coworkers, friends say, I'm older and I don't want to grow old by myself. And some are trying to hold on to their children. They don't want them to be let go. They don't want them to move on because they don't. Excuse me, they don't want to be alone. Cole writes, I don't know why it's different nowadays, though. My grandparents were together for 90 years. They they never strayed and loved each other till the end. They met each other when they were young. They were like a pair of swans. I don't know why it's hardly possible to find something similar nowadays. Well, depending on how many conversations you had with your grandparents, 
when I tend to sit down with a lot of people who have been together for that long, the main thing that they will say is that it's hard work. And some have, have told us this, this plain and simple, Cole. Uh, several families have said that they knew that their partners weren't on the full up and up, but what they weren't going to do is let some other person come in and mess up their home. They weren't going to let some other woman or, or whomever come in and take their home that they built. They weren't going to do that. So a lot of times, depending on it, staying together takes work. And instead of us taking that time to learn who we are and to learn who someone else is, we are prepared. Oh, my gosh, somebody showed me interest. Yes. Warm body, cold bed. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And now the cold weather is setting in. Fall is setting in. It was pretty nippy out there this morning. And at night now I'm under two covers. So, People know and society says winter is coming. And just on the news uh, last um, last week, they were showing that there was a boom in babies being born because people were locked in last winter. You know, last winter lasted for probably eight months, for crying out loud. We didn't know when that would end. So, again, this is what people are looking for. It's gonna, And they say it's going to be a bear of a winter this year. It's going to be one of the coldest winters ever. Oh, my goodness. Just going to be really, 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 really cold. So in that respect, people are looking to, to hook up. And, you know, depression and everything is that way every year. Depression, suicides go up because during the holidays, people put on those those fake faces. They become the best friends, family members. You don't see from one holiday season to the next, all laughy, laughy, chatty, chatty, jokey, jokey. And this is what happens. Then there's those people who can't pretend, they can't make believe. So what happens then? These people get depressed. They see everybody, <laughs> glasses clanking, clink, 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 clink. Oh, yay, yay. Oh, no, acquaintance, me, forgot. You know, the whole nine yards. And you're sitting here alone year after year after year. So vote Paul writes, you don't. You don't find anything similar because people no longer love God. Don't have fathers in the family until the brainwashing at um, um, the family unit and brainwashing at school. Society wants to kill everything wholesome. Cole writes, society was different back then. You got together, you stay together. If you divorce, you get ostracized socially. Then that's true. You stayed together. For the sake of the kids, you made it work regardless of problems. Jean writes, these young people think relationships are supposed to be easy. When struggle appears, they will abandon a good person for a search of someone that appears to be easier to be with. Appearances, however, are just very deceptive. Well, Paul writes, used to be TV was the babysitter. Now it's the wicked Internet. Internet trolls are teaching our children how to behave now. Is it any surprise? Well, again, a show for another day. Maybe it comes down to what the parents are doing. Parents know what you do. One thing my son will never say, and it's probably one of the reasons why he carved how much he hated me outside of my mother's influence on him, how much he hated me on the side of his bed that I bought for him as a child. 
He had a double decker, you know, bunk bed set, a nice bedroom set. And I came home one day, I was cleaning up his room, and I saw he had carved in the side of his bed how much he hated me. And I gave up everything to be there for him. But what I wasn't going to do is to allow him to be out there in the streets and to have what he wanted when he wasn't getting good grades in school and he wasn't doing the right thing. He wasn't keeping his own room clean, things like that. But I had external influences in the way of a mother, his grandmother, who would buy him expensive shoes that he wanted and hid them, told him how to hide them from me. He could wear them, just make sure he got home before me and those shoes were off and blah, blah, blah. It was awful. It was an interesting environment. And when he was an infant, my mother said, that baby right there is mine, is what she told me is that he belonged to her. And I was broken even at that point. And to be honest, my son came into this world because I wanted something that I could love, that I thought would love me back unconditionally. And unfortunately, my mother took that away. She's taken everything away from me throughout my life. And now she's trying to play the I'm getting older victim role. Did he have a father? I suspect is what he really wanted. I believe that. I think most children want a father. I'm a female. And you know the old adage, daddy's little girl. My father showed up for me the very first time at my wedding. He was there at my wedding. And in the end, my son found his father maybe two, three years ago. He was in for his investigation for his job, and they had information about the parents. And I helped him track down his father. And as it turns out, his father died maybe a year later from prostate cancer, but... My son praised the absentee parent. He had no idea how often I had to keep his father in court to, just to pay child support. And I'll tell you all that story in brief, in brief, because when we first had gone to court, his father was supposed to pay me $750 a week for child support. And, of course, my other portion was the other that the courts had decided. Well, he wouldn't pay that. They dropped it to $500 a week, so I was down to, to $500 a week. Well, he wouldn't pay that. They dropped it down to 250 a week, then 150 a week, then 75 a week, then 50 a week. Now, mind you, according to the court order, I'm going to answer your question in a minute, or Paul, good one. Court ordered child support based on the computations at that time. The original computations were $750 a week based on our two incomes. His portion was $750 a week because he refused to pay, and then he would write bad checks, which meant they would write a check, they would cut me a child support check, and then it turns out that the check bounced. So they kept saying the court's reasoning was, well, maybe he'll pay if we drop it. From $750 a week to $50 a week, who had to work extra hours and take on a second job to bring that money back up? Me and my stupid younger mind, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to get another job so that I can make up for this lost money, which left my son under the influence of his mother, of, my, of his grandmother. And um, 
my mistake, but I can't fix that now. And to be honest, I think that my son, talking about his father, his father, because when I found him, I let him go, and then a week later, his father had changed his phone number, turned his phone off, and disappeared. But my son never, ever, ever, ever saw that I didn't do it. I didn't, couldn't change his father's phone number. I couldn't turn off his phone. He had talked to him for approximately two days. And after that, my son came in the room with tears in his eyes, and he said, his phone's not working. Somehow, as an adult, that's my fault, too. Why'd you send my father away? I didn't send him away. He walked away. He walked away because I wouldn't conform to what he wanted. And I told him, you're going to take care of your child regardless. But there's nothing that I could say to get him to understand that. And and as far as children requiring both parents, children should have both parents, but as far as it being a stipulation, it's not going to happen in most lives. Whether a parent dies, they won't have both parents. If the parent doesn't remarry, they won't have both parents. So again, if they die at a young age before they even know their other parent, they won't have both parents. But there are programs. I put my son in boys clubs and all types of mentor programs where he had male role models. Because the family certainly wasn't going to step in, so I found people, and his his one of his grade school teachers. She saw how much I wanted the best for him, and her husband actually became his mentor. Took him out, showed him things, and if you all know the story, when um, I asked the elderly Caucasian couple, we were out in in the store, and I didn't know my son needed to get a tie. And I said, I'm a single mom. I don't know how to do this. The gentleman took time to teach him how to tie the Windsor tie and this tie and that tie. He took him there as his wife stood aside smiling. And I said, thank you so much. That's how my son and I learned how to tie ties. And to answer your question, I am, I've, I've told this story before on my show during the years that I wish that a parent was a drug addict or a, a, an alcoholic or something because at least that would make it a little bit easier to deal with it in my head or in anybody's head who's been through what I've been through. But I am the daughter of a narcissistic mother, uh, to answer your question. And Jean writes, eh, not necessarily. They need a good male and female figure to teach them exactly. If one parent is worthless and does more harm than good, then the child will will be more damaged by the presence of having both parents in their lives. I know people who are productive and good, genuine people who were raised by single parents. And Vorpal writes, I get very angry at men who think it's a mark of glory to get as many women pregnant and leave them as, um, leave them as soon as possible. And Cole writes, I agree, Vorp. They should be castrated, but again, it takes two to tango. And um, they aren't men. They are animals, Vorpal writes, and then Vorpal writes, um, son of a narcissistic mother. Now, I'm a daughter of a narcissistic mother, and you are a son of a narcissistic mother. I will start to look into that more because right now I'm just coming of age and um, – to an understanding that I'm a daughter of a narcissistic mother. So this is all very new to me. And, um, oh, it looks like we lost Simon. I hope he can come back. Um, but, yes, 
uh, one day you're going to have to tell us your experience as being the son of a narcissistic mother. Um, it was very hard for me because my father was absentee, and years down the road, he and I sat down when I was at his home, and he said there was just no dealing with my mother. Well, it wasn't until 2014 I figured out that my father was married. He and his wife had just had their first child when my mother laid down with him and got pregnant with me. So I was the scapegoat. I still am the scapegoat, Paul. As of this day right here now, I'm still the scapegoat. I'm the scapegoat who went ghost on everyone, and dear old mom tries to play that role. Uh, you know, I miss you and love you and blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. You're not coming back. I'm not coming back in your life so you can start this vicious cycle again. And don't send people who I haven't heard from in years to send me a happy birthday wish and say that they can't wait to chit-chat with me and catch up so that they can come back and tell you what's going on in my life. It is the age-old thing. No, my brother was the golden child. Um, I, I write about that in my book. Um, and, yes, I will always be. And that's what I was speaking about earlier, how many people in this family bought into my mother's games. And she is a master manipulator. And, um, and it's sad because I can't tell anybody, anybody, all of the things that she said about them. Yeah, she can try that, but I'm so much stronger now, and I think she knows that. I speak with her, and I check on her to make sure that she's okay and that nothing's happening to her and she's not hurting her home alone. But once I hear back from her, I only talk to her in text messages so that I can have some type of a a um, proof of what was said. Um, one year we had gone out. It was so sad. I don't think I said 10 words to her. We had gone out to lunch. I don't think I said 10 words to her, and everything that I did say was respectful. Before I got in the car and a mile down the road, my uh, one of my family members had called me and said, you know she just called me. She said that you were mean and nasty to her and blah, 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 blah. And just maybe last month, I told her, don't you dare go back and tell the family anything because you have a way. And she said, I've never talked to them. They attacked you on their own. I've never said anything wrong to you. So that lets me know that she is a bit of a liar. And that just, no, I knew it all along, but then that just solidified it for me. So she's got problems. And even to this day, I could be riding down the road and think, Lord, is it really me? I mean, you know, when you're this broken, our minds try to get us to want to believe that it is us. We are the problem. And I know that I'm not, but that doesn't make it any easier for me to just say, you know what, forget it. I'm not, and this is where we are. So, oh, the golden child has already tried that trick, doing them trying to get me to commit to coming out to her birthday party to thank her for being the salt of the earth. So I just ignored everybody. I had a life, and I was in the middle of school and other things, so I wasn't even going to go down that road. So as to take the abuse off of them, you know, I wasn't going to do that. And I told my mother, because she kept writing to me, and said, you were missed at the party, you were missed at the party. I said, did you have a good time? I said, first of all, I left that conversation early on, and I was busy, I was away, I was doing other things. I said, and I wouldn't have come anyway, because when I was in the hospital with a life-threatening illness, her disciples came and talked about me like a dog on my sickbed, and she, she loved it. And then she had the nerve to call other family members and boast about it and admit that she knew that it was upsetting me, but she didn't give a damn. So the bottom line is simple. Yeah, there's no way 
of coming back. And the golden child knows. He knows better. He needs to stay his distance, too. And I told my mother just not too long ago, I, I suggest that none of your people call me because they will get my full wrath. And you don't want that. Trust me. So, you know, Jean says, I think my mother treated me like a golden child because my father treated me the worst growing up out of the siblings. Not that he was a great father to any of us. He was extremely jealous of my mother's bond um, with me. And um, Cole writes, a cheetah never changes its spot. You sound very wise when you say you won't fall for them again and be and become subject to their toxic behaviors. Gene writes, he would do a lot of petty things to me to cause me hurt. And Gene goes on to say, I'm the oldest, so that probably made my mother, who was a damaged person by her, a single mother, an absent father, probably pour all of her love to uh, him and that she didn't have growing up. And that was my thing, as I said earlier, Gene. When I had my son, I wanted to have that person in my life who I could love unconditionally, who I could love unconditionally and and hopefully would love me back. Well, that didn't happen either. And, you know, for me to stand up here and talk to you all today, I can tell you right here, right now, today, that, I feel nothing for any of them, and it's sad. I don't feel anything for my son who called me a bitch and said how much he and carved how much he hated me into the side of the bed. I don't have anything for my mother who came in one day and called me a dirty whore because she was coming in from work and it looked like she had an attitude. And two gentlemen walked up to her and said, how's your daughter? I haven't seen her in a while. Please tell her that. One said to say hello, and the other one said that I asked about her. I was sitting upstairs in my windowsill. I had a large windowsill where I could sit, so we knew. I knew. I could hear what was being said because my windows were open. And um, she came in mad as hell. She came in talking about the goddamn men always asking about me and blah, 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 blah. I ain't nothing but a dirty whore and blah, 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 because men ask about me. Oh, and nobody wanted her. Oh, and back then I wasn't talking like that. And every time she would mistreat me or every time she would bang me in the face or every time she would do something to keep me down, she would buy me something nice. I remember the last time after the whore incident, I believe the next day she bought me a gold bracelet. I took the screen out of my window and I threw that bracelet. It's probably still out there in the soil somewhere in the yard of the home we used to live in. I learned at a very young age, and it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, I was back in undergrad, and I had an English teacher. My English teacher, who we had become friends after I was her teacher. And I was telling her about my life, and she could see, a lot of people could see things within me that knew, knew that something was wrong. An old friend from school, she said, I knew that something was wrong. I couldn't place my hand on it. But how do you help someone when you're going through your own piece of hell? Because she was going through her story, too. So, again, when you have all of these things going on, hey, and at the time, you don't know, but my English teacher, she said, oh, baby, 
She said, that's something called, because my mother would always say, she thought that I was about to step to her. She'd always jump up and say, the Bible say that you're supposed to honor your mother and your father. And me coming up in a very religious family, I believed that for a long time. Oh, my gosh, if God rained down anything worse on me, I couldn't even support this. I, w- I was just so lost, and I was just so out of it. And, and, and you know, oh, my gosh, I couldn't take any more. So, yeah. So she said that that was religious abuse. And then I went on my own quest and how I found the passages that talk about when the parents forsake you, how God will protect you. So Vort goes on to say, when the narcissist parent is gone, the golden child will take over the abuse. Oh, no, 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 no. Did I tell you all about that? So I was that I was about to get into that part of the story. So and keep you in the scapegoat role. They never had feelings for you. They don't think that way. The relationship was entirely in your mind. They view you only for what they can get out of you. Emotion, money, etc. Oh, that's a story for another day. So LOL, the whore incident. I'm glad I never had one of those moments in my family fights. Yeah, well, I'm 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 glad that you didn't as well. But for me, I've grown to that point now where I can share the story and feel absolutely nothing about it because I'm not the one who jumped in bed with a married man right after he and his wife had their child to make another child in hopes that I could steal him from his wife. Um, I'm not the person who's tried over the years to keep men at the house when they wanted to leave. I'm not that person. Um So, you know, let's go back a minute. You talked about money and all of that. I've told this story before years ago on this very show that when I was younger, I was very money savvy. I had money. I had a career going on. I was building something. And um, so when my mother wanted to become a homeowner for the first time, she and my brother sat me down, and she knew that I had the money to do it because at one point I had written her a check. I had gone online and did some research. Even back then I did research. It was more, uh, you know, um, personal research as opposed to electronic because that was still coming of age. I wrote her a check for what it would cost for her to have raised me to that point. I wrote her a check. She tore up the check and got an attitude. And because um, I wanted to be done with her. I wanted to give her back everything. I wanted to give her back everything. Here, this is what it is. Call of the day. We're done. We're free. Go, go, go. But um, so she wanted me to give her the money for the down payment on the house. And she and her brother and uh, she and my brother Their names were going to be on the house, but they were going to get the house with my money that I had no stake in. I immediately told her, no, she got an attitude and stopped riding around to go see the house. It was in Catonsville. I remember it clearly. 
nice little townhouse, but I'm like, I'm not giving you my money, and my name isn't, I have no stake in it, because she, she'd always treat my brother like he was a husband figure or some type of a lover. Now, I'm not saying that there, it went anything further than the way that she would treat him outwardly, but we would come home from school, and she would be like, how was your day, baby? She was touching all on his shoulders, and every year during Father's Day, she would take out my brother to buy him something because she was representing, get this, you know, showing him about what Father's Day was and blah, blah, blah. He's not my father. He's not your man. Why are you going out? He'd have a chair back then. You know, the reclining chairs were the big things where you push back and the footrest would come out and all of that. He'd run around saying he was the king of the castle, but what he didn't like was the way she'd touch on him. And I, when I tell her the same thing, his school day was just like mine, but mine was probably worse. But, you know, and she would say, you don't compare yourself to your brother, blah, 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 blah. And every time she was touching on him, he'd ball up his fist. And then after that, after she got done touching him and she'd walk away, he would beat me. Closed fist beat me, punch me in the chest, punch me wherever his hands would lay. And in 2000 and maybe 16, 17, I was speaking with a family member, and she questioned my mother about it. She said, well, yeah, he used to beat her, but that's what siblings do. That was her excuse maybe two years ago, was that's what siblings do. It wasn't until a family friend, a neighbor's son, he called me outside. My brother had called me outside, and he said, watch this. I remember hearing him tell him, watch this. When I walked towards him, he banged me so bad it knocked me over. Next thing I know, when I got my composure, he was up against the wall up in the air because the neighbor's son was a lot taller than him and stronger and older. He threw him on the wall and told him if he ever put his hands on me again. I don't remember whether he said he would kill him or whatever it was, but he was mad as hell. Now, the neighbor's son was not impressed with that. And even earlier on, you know, when my father's wife, who was an alcoholic, would call me, threatening me, calling me out my name, my mother used to give me the four-finger hand flicker and tell me, just forget about it. You know, I reminded her of what she did to my mother. Come 2014, I figured out what my mother did to her. It was my, my father's sister who called my father's wife and told her if she ever threatened me or bothered me again, she would beat her ass. So it was her. There was always people in the life, in my life, who came to my rescue who weren't my mother, any of her so-called family members, because they all believed her over me. It was my father's side or a neighbor or someone external who always came to my rescue. So Jean writes, Oh, was it Jean? Oh, no. Okay, we're back to Vorp. So Vorp writes, when the narcissist parent is gone, the golden child will take over the abuse, keep you in the scapegoat role. I believe I said that part before. They never had feelings for you. They don't think that way. The relationship was entirely in my mind. And while I was a child, so I grew up, and it's all that I knew. And um, benefits of being a boy, I suppose. I was 35 years old when my narcissist died, and I threw out the golden child. 20 years later, I just started healing. My narcissist burned me in the eye with a cigarette, and that was before 1965. None of the adult present did anything to stop. Of course they don't. Nobody wants to get involved with anything until it's in 
their court, in their homes. Nobody wants to do anything. They want you to let it go. You know, don't let your mother die without you, you know, y'all making things right. No, you tell my mother don't let herself die before she makes things right with me, which she can. But forgiveness, let me say that forgiveness. I've forgiven everyone and moved on. I didn't forgive them for what they did to me. I forgave myself for allowing it to happen for so long so that I could live. What they did to me is between them and God now. That quiet moment again. Today we're talking male, female. Same things though. Narcissists will ruin you. Seasonal people. You may have kept these people around or made yourself available in my lives and in in your lives for far too long. Seasonal people, they need to go. Family, friends, coworkers, whatever it is, they need to go. It's that quiet moment, people. We're hitting some nerves today. I know we are. We are hitting some nerves today. If you're over in our call query and you want to join our conversation, please press the number one on your phone to let me know. Um, It's been so much going over in our show chat room today that um, I haven't been over in a call query to check as much as possible. So if you want to join in the conversation, please. Press the number one on your phone, and I will certainly bring you on for that. But again, today has been, wow, we have really gone deeply into this thing about seasonal people. And when we need to let them go. Warp says that um, he doesn't let seasonal people into his life, his house, or his business. But, see, you had to get to that point. You had to get to that point. And that's where the issue is, when you get to that point. But until then, we have to grow up in it. We have to endure it. We have to do all of that. Gorp says, I'm zero tolerance, and oh boy, people on the internet hate me for it. Well, the people on the internet are just that. So many people have courage in the computer, and they want to say and do things that they wouldn't do in the real world. And we don't have to put up with them. We do not have to put up with them. End of discussion. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to get them. Just like I said, the one person who's a follower of mine, not even a friend, inferred that I was an idiot because I'm shedding light on some things. I'm not going to entertain that. It's like poof and be gone. Just like you click the button to like me, you can click it to unlike me, unfollow me, be done with it. Cole writes, I've always assumed the worst. I keep to myself. I never experienced anything yet since, um, since I'm 22, no relationship. 
but I've seen what happens to other people and how it destroys their lives. I prefer not to bother with the whole thing. I'm going to say this to you, Cole, because you've spoken about that before. And don't let what you hear us say, don't let what you, you're reading on these or anywhere else ruin your chances of you experiencing life and being happy. Go out, have those dinners, have those those good conversations, laugh, go to museums, go to concerts, do whatever you want to do. Enjoy the company of those people who you choose to be with. And if and when they show their true colors, that's when you let them go. But enjoy life, have fun, laugh and love. Yes, Vorp. Cole is um, one of our younger members here, but with a lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom. And right now, Cole, I don't know if you're in school or if you're getting started with your work life or whatever you're doing, but enjoy every moment of everything. Enjoy your quiet down to your self time, but you find some people who you enjoy being around and enjoy it. I always say ride it till the wheels fall off. That's what I say. Well, see, Cole, again, what you just told um, Vorp is that um, Vorp says enjoy your youth, and you says it's strange because all around you, these people are engaged and have children, and it's just madness. And again, had I known, I would not have, um, what I did was, okay, when I saw it wasn't going to work with my son's father, and even in my two marriages, when I saw the signs, I refused to stay in something that I knew was meant to be ended. I refuse. I refuse. I have more respect and love for myself, even on my worst day, than to stay with someone who I knew was a stranger in my life who meant me harm. End of discussion. And so many people jumped into this because society says we're supposed to be married. We're supposed to have the children. We're supposed to do this in so many ways. And until we understand that we can march to the beat of our own drums that we made for ourselves. You know, because what we do nowadays, and one thing that I want to say is Cole says, that's strange for all around me, everyone. Okay, we read that part. Vorp says, and how many of those people are in a financial position to be married? Um, parents, et cetera, and all of that. Their lives are ruined. You still have potential. And I would tell any young person, don't rush into marriage. Don't rush into having children. Don't get a ton of credit cards. Till this day, I tell anybody, people say, you have no credit cards. I said, I don't have one credit card. The credit card that I have is one where if the money isn't in my bank, it just I just can't make those purchases. So for me, yeah, I don't have. Um, any credit cards, but I'm older now. I'm much older now. When I was younger, I had an excess of 30, 40 credit cards. My credit was off the chain. I had a great job. I could pay for them. I could use them. It was wonderful. And then my life fell apart. All it takes is to have the wrong type of seasonal people in your lives for so long. Do you all know I moved away from home at 18? As soon as I knew that it was legal for me to get my own place, I got a job where I could move away, and I did. I've been around a long time, and at some point during that journey, both my brother and my mother moved in with me for a time. But I've never looked back. I've been on my own a long, long time. 
when we were younger, my mother told me that she couldn't help me with auto insurance and all of that because she had my brother on there. She couldn't afford us both. And then when back then they wanted to know if child support was to continue, she wrote and gave permission to stop child support for my father. And um, I was on my way to college, and she didn't care. Figure it out. So I did. I mean, I've done everything in short. That threw me off by several years and all of that. But, you know, in the end, I, I became that college graduate, and I did what I had to do. So, you know, Cole says, and they're my age. I must be the only old-fashioned one out there. I agree. Their lives are ruined. Getting hitched and having children at such an early age is madness. I guess too much wisdom can get you down sometimes, eh? Well, you know what? It seems like time's ticking and time's being wasted when you see your schoolmates getting hitched, etc. But you know what? Again, what I what did I just tell you, Cole? You have to march to the beat of your own drum, and you, again, have to march to the beat of your own drum and make your own drum. Don't even buy one that's pre-made. Make your own. Give it your own special sound. Do it that way. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Travel. Get that career. Get that nest egg saved up. If the way to, that this world is going, who knows? We may need to save up everything because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Have something to fall back on when hard times come. And Vault writes, I don't have any credit cards, but I have massive insurance. That's another thing. You don't want to hook up with someone who knows that you have massive insurance. You can have those those seasonal people who show up who are there for what purpose? Oh, you have insurance? Next thing you know, yeah. They're in with you for that, trying to figure out how to to get their hands on that by whatever means necessary. Gene writes, Cole, never measure life success by others because you never know the real story going on in the family dynamic or with that person in general. As long as you're happy, you are successful. Exactly. And I think that one thing, going back to what Gene said earlier, that he's uh, single happily. I'm single happily. I've been married twice. I know what it's like. And so many people out there, I want to be married. I want to be married. And half of these people don't have a thing to offer. These high five, six figure men, they want to come knocking at their door while others are waiting for God to just miraculously send him down from heaven to knock on their door and make everything wonderful. They are, this, the, the, the network here is Healing Through Hurt. The original program, the mother program, is called Healing Through Hurt, I Talk Radio. And the network grew from there. So this is the thing. There have been people on here who were millionaires. I have t- spoken with people from Hollywood to our neighborhoods. I want you to understand this, from Hollywood to our neighborhoods. For all of these people out here sitting here like, you've got the best life. It's great. It's wonderful. Yay, 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 yay. Great, wonderful. Yay, yay, yay. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And so many people who've been on so many different programs and going through so many things, 
The bottom line is simple. We don't know what struggles they have. When the curtains are drawn and the windows are down and the doors are closed, we don't know what's going on. So many people have um, gone through so many things. Many, many years ago, I had a Dee Wallace on this program. If you all don't know who she is, she played key roles in the movie like The Howling. But the best-known role that she played was she was the mother in the movie E.T. Um, wonderful lady, loved speaking with her. Um, she told the stories of her struggles as well. And um, it was... Uh, very enlightening to hear the struggles of people who we know and see and love through their characters and roles on the big screen and television and everywhere. But we don't know what they're going through. So that's just something to think about. We just don't know. Lord, <laughs> um, Cole writes, thanks, Gene Vorp and Healing. You're all right. Cheers, ladies and gents, for your true words. We're here to help. That's what we do. As I said, you come here as a guest, but once you are here, you become a family, and that's what we do. Some of us are older, and I believe that most of us are probably older than you are, Cole. So it's our duty. It's our job. It's our calling. We're here to help you make it through so that your journey in this life is a little less bumpy than ours. Vort writes, uh, measuring your life by others. Isn't that a sin? Covet thy neighbor. Um, you know what? So many people, I think that when you're coveting things, you want what they want. And when you're comparing, you may not necessarily want what they want, but somehow you feel as though that's the type of happiness that you want. Um, when you covet that neighbor's wife and things like that, that means that you want the wife. But you want something similar, but not that exactly to what they have. You know, you wish that you could have that fancy car and that fancy home. And I think that that's another um, issue there in itself. But um, Jean writes, Lord, don't make the professional wifey pop up in my mind, wanting to be a housewife without the tools to be one. Exactly. Exactly. Show for another day, but yep, Jane, that's exactly right. Cole writes, I find the people use the examples of others to justify their compl complaints of you. E.g., oh, Tom from down the road has settled down, has children on the way. Why haven't you done the same? You're 22. You're, uh, yeah. A lot of people tell you. Again, it's called social pressure. You cannot function professionally while still suffering from a narcissistic abuse, warp writes, it will not work. Um, Jean, Jean writes, I got that all the time from certain friends. Eugene, why aren't you married yet? You're not getting any younger. I always tell them it's not my dream to be married, but yours. I don't need anyone to make me feel complete. Um, <laughs> Vort writes, 56-year-old, fat and ugly, um, <laughs> Who's your farmer? Uh, well, we're we're all about that same age group, Vorp. Um, believe it or not, um, minus coal. So um, I understand, but again, there's somebody out there for everybody. 
whether it's to be a lifelong friend, whether it's to be more. There's always that person out there, persons, who will be in your corner to want your happiness, to make you happy, and you're all happy when you're in each other's company. So, co-writes, I'd like, I'd be, it'd be madness to not listen to the experiences and wisdom from those who have lived it. Only a fool ignores such people, and many people are foolish enough to do this, that, though, Cole. So, again, you're, you're full of wisdom, and hopefully we are giving you more wisdom. Jean writes, my friends would make snide remarks about me going to school for a long time with no degree whatsoever and a job I hated. I used to let them make me feel un, unaccomplished and a failure. Now I've surprised those who I used to envy. Cole writes, um, to Jean, in the end, you'll be laughing all the way to the bank in a brand new Porsche while they sit in a banged up car with food from the price club, from the price club. Jean writes, with time, I learned that these people had to be removed. The situation of the energy draining job had to be removed. That was when my life began to soar. And I'll tell you something, um, Gene and I have been on that same journey for a long time now. We both worked at the same place. We both left. We both went back to school. We've both been moving to jobs until we get to the job that we really want. Um, and it's sad because I had to clarify this to some people because um, if I say that Gene and I are hanging out or we're going, I'm going down to his house for the weekend, some people insinuated, oh, why aren't you all a couple because you're sleeping together? And I'm like, nobody ever said that we were sleeping together. What I said was he's a friend and we're hanging out. And, and that's a show for another day. But let me tell you all this. You have to put some people in their place. Because some people think that because you hang out with a male means that you're sleeping with them. Or even if you're a guy, you're sleeping with every female that you go out to dinner with. Do not allow people to poison your minds with those types of thoughts. Because I was a whore because two men said, how's your daughter? Tell her I said hello. That made me an instant whore. If I was in a relationship when my son was young, my mother found out about it. Here comes I'm calling Child Protective Services. Didn't matter. So you all have to understand this. Keep your lives private. Enjoy doing what you want to do. Let me say that again. Keep your lives private and enjoy doing what you want to do. Vort writes, the golden child was sent to college to find a husband. The scapegoat was sent to temporary employment agencies. The narcissist won't allow the scapegoat to succeed. The narcissist won't allow the scapegoat to succeed, but at some point, the scapegoat has enough cognitive reasoning and functioning to be able to make that decision to be successful for themselves. I will tell anybody, you know what my, my tipping point was? The day that I found my voice and I decided the best roadmap for me to get out of that rut that I was in was to do the exact opposite of everything that I saw in my mother. And the minute that I decided to do that, my world turned around. 
Sure, I write to her, text to her from time to time. But let me tell you something. She is a misogynistic narcissist. She um, is a manipulator. She lies constantly. The bottom line is I have never heard my mother take responsibility for any of her actions. I have never heard her ask for forgiveness or apologize. I have never heard this. I knew that the one person that could help me get out of my marriage without waiting that year, I had everything in place, but I knew that she would help me. Because when I told her that my my last husband and I were getting a divorce, she practically jumped through the ceiling with joy that my marriage had ended. And I knew that she would do whatever she could to make sure that that marriage was ended. So she was my witness that I took to court with me because I knew that she would, that would be one of the few times that she would step up for me because she knew that in her stepping up, it was ruining me. And the only time that she was without words, and I'm sure she went back and told the family everything, was when we were leaving that courthouse after I was granted my divorce, six months after my ex left my home. She was talking about what she would have done and blah, 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 blah. And I just said, you know he raped me. I said, when I had gone to the hospital for my spine injury and I was drugged, I said, that night he decided to rape me, and then that morning he stood there with a smirk on his face and told me that I couldn't go to the judge and say that we didn't have relations. She was silent for that moment and all the way down the road. I said, well, I'm going to go to work now. I went to work. So that was my day that was my liberation because I didn't want her to be the voice of me in my situation on her terms. I wanted to tell my story on my terms. Vote rights in his case, he had to live, he had to outlive his narcissist and then took two decades to start to heal. Each one of us, our journey is different, but prayerfully in the end, our outcome is the same, Vort. We're healing. I'm healing. This is the healing through hurt. I talk radio talk network. And many times I tell people, I'm not here. By happenstance, I'm here because I'm walking that journey. I'm not someone who went to school and going to tell everybody all these textbook answers. There's nothing worse than these feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus out here who get on their little soapbox and tell people, you need to do this and you need to do that. And the Bible says that you're supposed to do this. You can't keep stomping on people who are already at rock bottom, who've been stomped on and trampled upon their entire lives. And I will jump on any so-called feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff guru who thinks that they're such a professional where you tell people what they need to do. This show is about speaking about things and helping people to create their own roadmaps. That's what this program is about. It is not about anything else. So it's not about that. Um, I just hit the um, button on my 
on my computer because I actually should be in church right about now. Um, for those of you who are going to your houses of worship, um, hold on a moment because nothing is working here like it should. I'm having some difficulty. But because this show has run over, um, I will be a little bit late. Cole writes, comma, will be a bitch. Those narcissists will find out what goes around comes around. They will reap what they sow. Yeah, they will. And everyone who bought into it, who bought into the cosmetic Christian, who believed in that false idol, that false goddess or whatever you want to call it, the dummy god, they will have a price to pay as well. Vorp, it was so good. Please come back again. Uh, you're now family, so come back again. And, of course, for those of you who are here, this has been another great day. We'll have to continue this conversation again. But for today, let me make sure no one was over here that wanted to talk in the call query because I've spent all day today over here with you all because we just kept it going. But as always... I pray each and every one of you, what? I pray you enough. I pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I pray you enough smiles to turn the frown you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be knocking at your door or coming your way from this very moment and beyond. I want you to continue to pay it and pray it forward. I want you to know that you're not alone. You need us. Our websites are thewallfoundationinc.org. That's thewallfoundationinc.org. Or my personal website, www.cmariawall.com. That's www.cmariawall.com. All of our websites have contact forms. If you don't want to use the contact forms, our number is 202-618-2556. That's 202-618-2556. Give us a call. Send us a text. We are here for you. If you let us know that you're in need, just extend your arm, and we will be here to grab you. Thank you, Simon Says Awesome Show this day. Love and hugs. Love and hugs back to you. Um, Jean, I will send you a message in a moment. Um, we could talk all day. And today, for those of you who are listening and will listen to the replay, these gentlemen came on today to show and share their stories, their issues, their experiences. So don't you dare tell me that men don't have stories to tell and that women are the only ones who hurt and experience heartache because it's just not true. Today was myself and the gentleman. And oh, what a good... So that shows you that we can communicate in a respectful manner as well. Yeah, I know so many of you. Maria, you a female. You're supposed to be all girl power. I'm all about girl power. I'm all about guy power too. This is what happens when we come together, we work together, and we communicate in a respectful way. This is what happens. 
I'm C. Maria Walls. I hope to see you all back here again next week, same time, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. When our show is all about the beautiful lies from ugly liars. Again, beautiful lies from ugly liars. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a hot topic as well because I'm going to step on quite a few toes. So until then, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Cole, Simon, have a wonderful day over there in the UK. So far away. But thank you for being here, Jean. I'll see you in a moment. Until next time, be well, be blessed, and I will see you soon. As we begin, we will end with Tori Lee's finally. Have a wonderful, wonderful remainder of your Sunday and week. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.